0: Stand-up Nuggets Nation, Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to back-to-back wins. One rather forgettable, one unforgettable. And a little hyperbole there, but the Denver Nuggets went into Boston uh, and had their most signature win of the season, in my very humble opinion, a 102-100 uppercase W over the Boston Celtics, where they lost in Beantown for the first time this year. They now have a one to the right of their home. Uh, record i have that little dash it no longer says uh, 20 and zero that is now 20 and one i know this game was a, a couple days ago guys but uh, there's a couple takeaways that i thought were kind of signature that i did not want to um breeze by and i have some uh, leftover thoughts from just stuff over the weekend and um a couple just news and notes things i want to get to uh as well here okay um I thought it was the best win of the year uh, because of who Boston is, because they were that fav- they are currently favored to win the NBA championship, because they hadn't lost at home, because they have an MVP candidate and a true superstar, a true superstar duo, uh, a true starting five that is comparable with Denver. So for all those reasons, I just thought it was massive. And don't forget, this is coming on the heels of the loss in Philadelphia, which um, you know felt like a, a gut punch. Uh, that we talked about last week. So it was Friday night, It was national television. In fact, um, we found out that uh, this was the most watched game uh, on a weekday on ESPN in over two years. Um, there was millions of people watching this. I think it peaked at three million viewers. Uh, really, really good for an NBA regular season game on a, a Friday night, right? People are busy on Friday nights. This is not like Sunday afternoon or Sunday early evening. So uh, I thought it was noteworthy. I do think it, uh, it was an NBA finals preview. Uh, I, I I believe that Boston will find a way to get there. I reserve the right to change my mind. It's mid-late January. Uh, could it be a team like Philly? Absolutely. Could there be a shakeup near the trade deadline? Absolutely. Um. So... Uh, but for right now, if you ask me uh, to to pick what two teams I believe are going to be in uh, the NBA finals, it would be the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. So it carried a little bit more weight on that front uh, as well. Uh, Nikola Jokic was brilliant: thirty-four points, twelve rebounds, nine assists. Jokic continues uh, his uh, torrid pace. I know um, you know throughout the season there's been little um, you know nitpicky things that we've talked about here, but on the whole. Uh, Jokic has been absolutely brilliant, particularly going back to that um, win against Detroit when he took three shots, and I know we spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time talking about that, but since then, Jokic, just in general— just in general, with that included in the month of January, and we're talking about a proper sample size, as we're on the backstretch of January at the time of recording. It's January 23rd, so we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in the month of January, guys. He's shooting 72. percent That's not even his true shooting percentage. That's just the the raw numbers of him from the field. It is just insanity. All right, we're talking uh, from from the Wizards game on Sunday afternoon, going backwards. 15 of 20 from the floor, 14 of 22, 11 of 20, uh, 12 of 13, 11 of 17, uh, 8 of 9, 2 of 3, 13 of 19, 13 of 16, 6 of 7. Guys, his lowest shooting performance this month um, in 10 games is shooting 55% from the floor against the Philadelphia 76ers. That is stupid. You, that 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 is efficiency on a level that I have never seen and I don't think the NBA has ever seen uh in its history all right for for, for a guy who is a non-dunker right don't for, don't forget that this isn't Dwight Howard or Shaquille O'Neal. okay this is a this is a non-dunking center shooting you know and, and then if you extrapolate it even further the last two uh, games in the month of December was a nine of 10 performance against Oklahoma City and that perfect triple double 11 of 11 from the Grizzlies. So you're talking about shooting basically 75% over a, a calendar month, which is just absolutely insane. Okay. Um, so Jokic continues to just be a, the absolute best version of himself, but in Boston on Friday night, he had a true wingman. Jamal Murray uh flirting with his season high was absolutely brilliant. All right. We talked about last week in the Philadelphia 76ers loss that the Sixers had the best player on the floor that night in Joel Embiid, taking the game over in the fourth quarter um, and going for whatever he went for, 41, I think. Um, and, but 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 in such a narrow loss, you look at Jamal Murray, and I think he had 17. It's like, hey, if you're going to be the true Robin, right, that we know you are in the playoffs, um, need you to step up. And he got outplayed by Tyrese Maxey uh, on that um, uh, uh, night in Philly. But – uh, on Friday night in Boston, uh, Jamal was that dude. That was quote unquote playoff Jamal. Um, I don't like that, like like that label because I would like him to just be Jamal every single night. And the next game against Washington speaks to that kind of helter skelter. I don't know what I'm always going to get from Jamal Murray, but when the stakes are highest, I have that belief because he has set that standard for himself in those type of games. And he goes 15 for 21 for 35 points with eight rebounds and five assists, just one turnover. Jamal Murray was fantastic, all right? And they don't win without him, all right? And they also, I'm going to tell you, I don't think they win without Michael Porter Jr., all right, who grabbed four offensive rebounds. Think about that, four extra possessions in a game that was decided by two points, all right? And he ended up going for 13 points and eight rebounds. And he was a plus six, the best of any member of that starting group. Okay. Um, And then, uh, by the way, Peyton Watson, you know, and I wanted to get to him. You know, Peyton Watson um, continues to just impress me uh, as a second-year kid. I mean, because he is basically that. Um, His defense, I think, is going to translate to the NBA playoffs. And I was nowhere near saying this a year ago, because if you remember at the backstretch of last year, they started to play Peyton Watson more and more. And I remember a, a member of our uh, a staff at that time on the fan said, hey, uh, the Nuggets unlocked the secret weapon headed in the playoffs, and it's going to catch the playoffs by storm. And I was like, absolutely not. Michael Malone is not playing Peyton Watson. And he didn't, right? But now one year later, I'm seeing that uh, 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 who he is defensively, it's just so real. And playing him on some of these some of these upper echelon bigger guards, uh, like a Jason Tatum or, or a Jalen Brown, I just think it's massive. And I do, you know, night after night, he is showing us that um he is a part of this playing group. I think he's firmly a part of it. And um, you know, to a lesser degree than Michael Porter Jr., but you think about developing developing a young talent like this and what his ceiling could be and how it matches up with the arc of the Nuggets title window and could he serve as um, a bit of a, 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 a wooden prop to keep that window open uh, even longer uh, because of who he is and I, who uh, I think he can be is really noteworthy. Um, he made a three in that game, struggled from three, but made a three. Um his his uh, shot making, and I know he really um, didn't shoot it well, so I don't want to misrepresent it, but his ability to make shots throughout the last really month and a half, and we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast, it's just, um, I just love it. And I, you just need to keep watering that um, that plant and just watch him grow. And the water is the playing time and development from the organization. Uh, and, and I trust uh, what he's going to get in those departments uh, from the Denver Nuggets. Um Christian Brown, however, uh, continues to, I don't want to overreact because I saw him do it at the highest level night after night last year in the playoffs, but gosh, we would like to see more, right? I mean, Christian Brown has been, um, on some nights, uh, like Friday in Boston, hard to watch, uh, defensively. He's not having the same impact offensively. He's, um, on most nights, not a zero, but, um, he's not impactful. He's not impactful. Um, you know, shooting 40% from the field uh, this month, not great. Not great, right? So uh, let's just keep our eye on that. Let's keep our eye on that. He only played um, against Boston. He played only five minutes in a game that Michael Malone really wanted to win. And you can tell just by the playoff intensity, the atmosphere, but also the minutes of, you know, the the, the, the starting players who are all in the high 30s. I think someone was in the 40s. Um, but, you know, Christian Brown wasn't a part of – of things there. And uh, a, a lot of times, uh, more oftentimes, times, unfortunately than not, offensively, he's been um, uh, hard to watch and then sometimes cringe worthy. Uh, so again, I don't want to overreact. And by the way, um, before we move on from the Celtics game, I don't want to overreact in general to the game. Like, had the Nuggets lost that game 102 to 100 instead of winning that game 102 to 100, I'd be coming in here and saying, Let's not overreact to it. So just because the shoe's on the other foot, I don't want to get carried away um, and get overconfident and overzealous um, about, you know, one 48-minute basketball game. If Jalen Brown hits his free throws, you know, the Nuggets might lose that game, right? But I will say, I will say, more uh, out of the trenches of the actual game and more of an overarching thought, you know, I... Feel confident, and I said this even after the Sixers loss. I feel confident in Denver um, going up against Boston or Philadelphia. And we gave our thoughts about Philly last week, so we'll just keep it to Boston here. Is that when I'm watching these teams in crunch time, the reliability rating for the Nuggets for me is just so much higher than it is for Boston. Like, and, and, and I've used this analogy before, but we've all used like a rideshare app like Uber or Lyft or whatever. And, like, if you, you you get a driver it says five stars and it says top driver, he's on his way. He'll be there in eight minutes. You feel good that in eight minutes that, you know, maxima is going to be pulling up and you're going to get to where you need to go. But if it said, hey, that reliability rating, you know, 4.2 stars, it just doesn't give you that same sort of comfort that you're going to get to the airport in time. And when I look at the Nuggets, their reliability rating in the clutch both offensively and defensively, it just gives me comfort over the course of a seven-game series should these teams play in the NBA Finals that the Nuggets would be buttoned up in those massively important, department, important departments. Boston, all too often in uh, in crunch time, in the clutch, they ask guys to just go be great, more of a, on an individual effort um, approach. And, and I just don't believe that the isolation go-be-great offense is sustainable as these teams would think it is in the playoffs on a possession-by-possession basis when the intensity and defensive pressure and effort is at a fever pitch more oftentimes than not. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't work because I watch Kobe bail out the Lakers time and time again and Michael before that, and, and you, but with the Nuggets... They are built so uniquely, and they're they're so talented. Where they do have guys that can go get their own shots, but they can they can stick. You know, Michael Porter in the corner, KCP in the corner, uh, 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 Aaron Gordon in one of the dunker spots, and run pick and roll and have different options with what I believe is reliable reliable shooting. Um, the best pick and roll two man game. In the NBA, and that is more sustainable on a possession by possession basis than what I see from teams like Boston in the clutch. Um, couple more thoughts here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Um, I got to the Jamal stuff. You know, I, w- I wanted to just you know uh, uh, emphasize you know the two game difference for Jamal um, n- n- uh, a night overnight Friday to Sunday. Uh, 15 of 21 on 70% shooting in a game that matters a whole lot for 35 points. Uh, Felt like it mattered a whole lot. The temperature of that game certainly did. Um, But then the next night against the Wizards, he plays even more minutes and goes, you know, 7 of 23 from the floor, all right? Um, That's a 40% swing in field goal percentage, game over game. And I do think it speaks to... The uh, Like I mentioned before, a bit of a up-and-down nature with Jamal Murray in the regular season that can, when you have expectations for him to break through that layer of consistency that he's just never been able to do, it can drive you a little bit crazy. Now, no worries. You know, the Nuggets won, um, and it's not that big of a deal, um, but it just, that's what separates... You know the stars, right? And, and and I think Jamal Murray is a playoff star, but uh, in the regular season, still leaves that bit to be desired. And but but here's what's encouraging: like there's growth for a player who is already um, a, a, a fantastic player. Who I know what I'm going to get when the chips are down and 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 those high leverage moments. Uh, and the fact that there's still room for him to grow. You know, we talk about this from time to time, like. a a lot of times the history of the NBA will show you that these guys are truly not in their prime until 27 years old, right? That's a common, like, line of demarcation. Jamal's still 26. He just turned 26 years old uh, in February. So, you know, the fact that there is still room to grow when he already has real pelts on the wall, um, you know, that's that's the positive spin on it that 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 he can still, um, you know, reach new heights uh, as, as a professional basketball player. Um, real quick, uh, Bruce Brown, guys, his name is in trade rumors left and right. Okay. Uh, he gets dealt last week from Indiana, signs that lucrative contract, ends up in Toronto. Um, you know, seen names, you know, Lakers involved uh, are, are, are going to be involved. New York Knicks could be involved. Philadelphia 76ers could be involved. We're going to continue to watch this, all right? Um, I don't want to do any sort of fear-mongering or, like, you know, but to think that this couldn't come back to have an impact against Denver in the NBA playoffs is probably a little bit naive, right? It's going to be a potential contender. Um, Bruce Brown, we know him well and the things that he brings to the table – and, you know, it, there's always a next, an extra layer of familiarity um, when, when facing a former opponent in such a close period of time. Look at KCP against the Lakers and the impact he was able to have against his former team that he won a title with. I don't have to put my brain in a pretzel to see Bruce Brown making a direct impact on a playoff series against the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, I hope that doesn't happen. Bruce has been one of my favorite, forget Nuggets, pro athletes to cover in my seven years in Denver. And um, we're just going to continue to follow, um, you know, the smoke, you know, and ultimately uh, next month's deadline as we're just a a couple weeks away from that NBA trade deadline on February 8th. Okay, um, next game for the Nuggets is going to be uh, against the Indiana Pacers. That is going to be in a few hours uh, from when we're recording right now, uh, mid-afternoon on a Tuesday. The same Pacers that I just watched um, in Ball Arena last Sunday without Tyrese Halliburton. They will once again be without Tyrese Halliburton from, from what I understand. And then they'll turn around and play on Thursday uh, in New York against the Knicks. Uh, and uh, love watching Jalen Brunson and some pieces they have in New York, so that should be fun. Uh, but uh, later this evening tonight at Indiana – Um, And whatever happens, guys, against the Indiana Pacers, you know we'll be back talking about it on Thursday right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.